You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. A new draft of NIST Special Publication 800-53 is out. Brute force is used against Scotland's Parliament. It's email accounts, we mean. This isn't Braveheart. Fancy Bear's romp through high-end hotel Wi-Fi suggests the equation group leaks will be with us for some time. Mr. Smith remains at large and still wants to be paid. TrickBot uses unusually convincing counterfeit sites. PowerPoint malware vectors may be part of a criminal test. NetSaran urges swift patching of a backdoor in its software. Extremist inspiration persists. And some guy in Nigeria with more moxie than skills is behind a big business email compromise campaign. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, August 16th, 2017. First, some quick news on standards. NIST has issued a new draft of its influential and widely used special publication 800-53, Security and Privacy Controls for Information Systems and Organizations. The latest version is noteworthy for the way in which it seeks to incorporate privacy protection throughout its system of controls. Turning to cyber attacks, Scotland's Parliament has sustained a brute force attack on members' email credentials. The campaign is similar to the one Westminster sustained in June, and similar measures are being taken to remediate it. The attackers are attempting, as they did with the London incident, to get access to email accounts. Security experts continue to react to cyber firm FireEye's moderately confident conclusion that Fancy Bear has been compromising hotel Wi-Fi networks using tools stolen from Equation Group and leaked by the shadow brokers. The leaked exploits involve server message block flaws, SMB. How the brokers got the exploits they leaked in April remains a mystery, but the SMB flaws they exploit, Eternal Blue, Eternal Romance, Eternal Synergy, and Eternal Champion, are likely to present problems for some time, according to an analysis published by security company Silence. WannaCry and NotPetya were the two malware pandemics to take advantage of the Equation Group leaks. Both presented themselves as ransomware, but both are now generally regarded as pseudo-ransomware, disruptive attacks that pose as ransomware to cloak their operators' true intentions. There is, in fairness, some doubt on this score with respect to WannaCry, which some researchers regard as a genuine but botched extortion attempt, possibly a money-making scheme by the North Korean government. Both strains continue to trouble enterprises. The healthcare sector worries about WannaCry, given the effect it had on Britain's National Health Service. And the manufacturing and logistics sectors are still recovering from and paying for NotPetya. 
In one case, shipping giant Maersk has pegged its NotPetya-related losses at $300 million, and the company's CEO has instituted a corporate shakeup to make the business more resilient. Here at the CyberWire, we like to think we provide a public service to our listeners by reminding you, repeatedly, to back up your data. It's easier than ever these days. Storage is cheap, be it an external hard drive or space in the cloud. Alas, not everyone heeds our warnings, and sometimes things go wrong. Your only copy of that important file gets erased, or you just never got around to asking IT why your laptop hard drive was making that horrible clicking sound, and you find yourself in need of a data recovery service. Jeff Peterson is Senior Manager of Operations at Kroll OnTrack Data Recovery. Everything that gets put in place in the world seems to be trying to eliminate the need for data recovery. And that's been happening since we started business over 25 years ago. And so backups were going to eliminate the need for data recovery. Raid systems were going to be eliminate the need for data recovery. The cloud was going to eliminate the need for data recovery. And what we find is that uh, no matter what gets put in place, as long as humans are running computers and they need access to that data, data recovery is going to be needed on some level. Uh, VMware, for instance, um, and any virtualization makes it super easy for IT administrators to provision and allocate data for different divisions or departments within a corporation, but also makes it super easy for them to delete those inadvertently. And so we've had to build tools and uh, the ability to recover from virtual machines. So what about encryption? Uh, you know, I can see there sort of being two sides to that. People will say, well, you want to encrypt everything on your hard drive to make it more secure, but that could make recovery more challenging, Yes. It absolutely can, uh, and we've had to customize our tools to accommodate for that. The, the encryption that's put on, and it matters whether it's put on at the hardware level or at the software level, But and we're not in the business of cracking encryption or anything like that, but what we do need to do is to be able to apply the encryption credentials that are used by our customers and sent to us to then crack open, essentially, and allow us access to the data that's on the disks, because without that encryption information, or if a customer forgets their passwords, um, we're a professional data recovery company, but we still would not be able to recover that data. We can read all of the encrypted data that you want, but to get it decrypted, we do need those original credentials. So as someone who's in the business of helping people recover things that they've lost, what sorts of advice do you have for people to, uh, to set up uh, ways to, um, well, not need your services? Right. We get asked that all the time by our customers is, how do we not call you back ever again (laughs) (laughs) after we've completed? And so we basically tell it 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 comes down to to vigilance and to basically getting control of your data set, knowing what data you have, knowing what you absolutely want to back up, and maybe not backing up your entire local hard drive. You've got your documents and your pictures potentially or your email whatever you don't want to have to have to send to us for recovery um, that is what you want to send to the cloud or to a backup device whether that be a local nas device or an additional hard drive but then much like you do with uh, any of your other protected documents or highly sensitive documents you're going to probably send them off-site you're not going to have them in your house in the same place where if your house were to have a fire or to have some flood or some incident happen, that they're going to be in the same physical location. So you're going to send them off to somewhere else. 
And so if that's a safety deposit box, if that is somebody else's home, if that is the cloud where you're going to replicate that data to the cloud and that's your off-site storage, then we say make another copy. So you have at least two places where you can go to to find that very important information. That's Jeff Peterson from Kroll on Track Data Recovery. Taking a quick look at a few sponsored events from our CyberWire event tracker, we've got the Security in the Boardroom event coming up August 23rd in Palo Alto, California. That's from the Chertoff Group. And also, the Johns Hopkins Information Security Institute has teamed up with Compass Cybersecurity. They're hosting the Cybersecurity Conference for Executives. That's September 19th, 2017, and that is in Baltimore. To learn more about the events or to find out how you can have your event listed in our event tracker, visit thecyberwire.com events. Mr. Smith is getting more strident with his or her or their demands on HBO, but it's not clear what Mr. Smith may have actually obtained from hacking the entertainment giant. It is increasingly clear what Mr. Smith is after. If hackers tend to seek cash or cachet, Mr. Smith is a cash kind of guy. TrickBot banking malware is being disseminated through unusually convincing counterfeit sites. Even the URL and certificate are right. PowerPoint vectors may be distributing an OLE exploit as a test, or so Cisco and Trend Micro researchers suspect. The exploit attacks a known vulnerability in Microsoft Office products. Kaspersky Lab has discovered a backdoor in the update mechanism for NetSarang's widely used server management software. NetSarang confirms that the backdoor, called ShadowPad, inadvertently appeared in a recent build of their product. It's been patched, and since it was discovered Monday that ShadowPad is being exploited in the wild, NetSarang urges all users to update as soon as possible. The neo-Nazi website Daily Stormer, kicked out of most legitimate services, appears to have migrated its unsavory inspiration to the dark net. Even there, parties unknown may be pursuing it with distributed denial-of-service attacks. The Stormer, or at least its message, will probably find other outlets, if long experience with ISIS is any guide. The Caliphate has posted more beheading pictures. The victim this time is a captured Iranian IRGC fighter. Finally, a very large business email compromise campaign that hit major organizations worldwide has been tracked to its source. The operation was so large that many observers thought it was a state-directed series of attacks. But no... Researchers at security firm Checkpoint have run it to ground, and they say it's the work of a not particularly skilled but very brassy 20-something Nigerian guy. He was armed with a commodity Netwire Trojan and the Hawkeye Keylogger, and with some fairly clumsy broadcast phishing was able to do some damage. Checkpoint has shared what they know with Nigerian authorities, who have taken an interest in the unnamed young man. His motto is said to be, get rich or die trying. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. 
In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, welcome back. Uh, we had a story come by uh, about privacy concerns with smart vacuum cleaners. You know, you got your Roombas and, and uh, the little robot vacuums like that that wander around your house. And uh, it turns out they may be collecting information and data on our homes. Yeah, it seems like there's no limit to which devices can collect data within our homes these days, but this one was especially interesting to me. Uh, So this article said that Roomba devices, which are produced by iRobot, collect mapping information about your house. So they basically internalize the location of various rooms, various devices to help get a complete picture. And the fear here is that iRobot is going to sell this data to third parties, or they could potentially turn this data over to the government for a criminal prosecution. And in their contract, it says that they have the right to do that. So as soon as you accept the terms and conditions, uh, when you activate your Roomba device, you are signing away your rights to, to this information. You can never know what situation will present itself in the future. And if law enforcement is in a situation where there's some crime where the specific location ends up mattering, I mean, we've seen instances that you and I I've talked about, Dave, where Alexa has uh, cut through somebody's alibi just by hearing that person's voice uh, in a recording. So we can see the same situation here. You could get potential incriminating information from someone based on mapping information that occurs within the house. To be clear, the reason that the robot is gathering this information for its own uses is to, uh, you know, to do a better job of vacuuming your home. Um, I could certainly see, like you say, law enforcement using that. If they had a, a warrant to enter someone's house, it'd be useful for them to be able to know where everything is in that house. Um, but also I could see, you know, on the flip side, I could see it being helpful to a fire department. If they have to come in your house in the middle of the night, if they could bring up a map of where all the furniture is, where the beds are located, maybe they could do a quicker job of locating people in a burning house. Yeah, I think that's true. And you could certainly see the benefits when you think about third parties. I mean, 
let's say it's just selling it to Amazon, they can improve the acoustics of the music you listen to uh, based on data submitted by these Roomba devices. They could know, you know how big a room is so it, the acoustics can be better uh, when your uh, Amazon Echo device comes on. So there are certainly legitimate and potentially good uses of this data. Yeah, and to be fair, the uh, the CEO of uh, of iRobot, his name is uh, Colin Angle, and he says that they would not sell that data without consulting the customers first. So they're saying you'd have to opt in. But uh, at the same time, the EULA that you sign when uh, when you sign up for to use this technology says uh, they don't have to tell you. Right, exactly. So there's no legal obligation for them to notify you if they submit your data to a third party. Perhaps there's an ethical or moral obligation, and, and more important than that, there could be a business justification. I mean, we've seen telecommunications companies and all other sorts of companies, companies that produce all sorts of hardware, using their security features as a selling point. You know, perhaps that can give them a niche in the market for people who are security savvy. So there are uh, ethical reasons, but also just bottom line reasons to, to withhold that data. All right. It's an interesting story. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.